Welcome back to another episode of the Shorts and Goggles podcast. RJ Liggins and Kevin Reed here. We are down to four. Now there are four, Kev. Yesterday was a pretty exciting day for hoops. It's been a pretty exciting weekend for hoops. Uh, before we dive into it, though, of course, how you doing? I'm doing great, and you're doing great. Uh, this <laughs> this episode is dedicated to producer Tyler, who's yep. not doing not doing great. Not doing great, no. And I mean, we've all been there before where you got the high expectations for your team, and then uh, for reasons unknown, it just doesn't work out. And this was kind of Tyler's worst nightmare, and they played out pretty much exactly how we thought it might. Wow, man, it a lot to break down with Tyler's worst nightmare. Let's um, let's yeah, let's get into Tyler's dreams and nightmares and really really see how this all shook down, man. <laughs> yeah, pray for times like this to rhyme like that. So basically, mm. um, let's just cut right to it, man. The Ben Simmons yep. thing is is not looking great. Uh, we were joking no. that uh, it's not safe on the timeline for the longtime Ben Simmons supporters, which AKA is us. Basically, we've been big fans of Ben Simmons and yes. uh, advocate of the pairing with him and Joel Embiid. Um, this was a not a good playoff, not even just a, a bad playoff round, but like not a good playoff showing for Ben Simmons. So I guess where are we at in, in the whole Ben Simmons journey? And I guess the better question, man, is this the death of the process? I said that last night. Yes. I said that. Yeah, this is the death of the process. Um, Recommended to Tyler, of course, that he go through our grieving process by watching A Star Is Born, yeah. and I, I really hope he took me up on that offer. As I as I I say that to say that the process, maybe it's time to let the old ways die. Mm-hmm. And I think I think the process has has come to its logical conclusion. And what a, what a process it was! What a journey it was! How was there? You got to help me. Am I missing an Easter Conference Finals? I'm not. Am I? What was that? That uh, was the Toronto series, the Eastern Conference Finals. No, no. So the, again, that was another Game Seven where they tricked it off, yep. <laughs> and God. it didn't make it to the Conference Finals. So they did not make it to the Conference Finals in any of their runs. Um, the bead, the bead injury is like a part of this small. If we're doing our blame chart, like definitely yeah, love Embiid, the blame chart. Let's do yeah, it. and bead not being healthy, that's got to be like at least like a fifteen percent, like. You can't, it's probably more, but it's like, you can't blame Embiid being hurt, especially when you kind of expect him to get banged up at some point, you know, but he played with a torn meniscus, did what he could, turned the ball over a lot, um, but that's what's going to happen when you're actually being aggressive, where the issue with Simmons was the opposite of that, essentially, where took care of the ball and made smart plays, but also didn't shoot the ball. The most glaring one being when he had a wide open baseline dunk with under five minutes left in the game. And he passed it to Matisse Thibel, who had at least 27 people guarding him. Um, He was able to get the foul, but still like the idea that he wouldn't even go up for a uncontested two-handed dunk right at the rim, pretty alarming. So he was so afraid of getting fouled. Mm-hmm. That he gave up an uncontested. He he chose not to take an uncontested at the rim, as they say. And if you ever use the game cast on ESPN, dunk shot. Mm-hmm. He he did not he did not attempt a dunk shot <laughs> <laughs> in that moment because of like someone fouling him and then having to go to the line where he was. Of course, the style was getting thrown around a bunch yesterday mm-hmm. with a minimum of seventy attempts. The worst 
free throw percentage in playoff history. Yep. And that's like significantly with, worse than Shaq. And, yeah. And that doubled and, with the other stat, which was he didn't attempt a field goal for the last three games in the fourth quarter. Is it last, in the fourth quarter, quarter. last four? Yeah. In the fourth quarter, yeah. he did not attempt a field goal. Kev, Boy. how can you be an all NBA talent, which he's been on the all NBA team before? He was rookie of the year, and you're not taking a single shot in the fourth quarter. How can you be? Boy, um, you can't is, is the answer to that. No, especially when your best player is hurt and you know he's hurt. <laughs> and he's begging, begging for help, and the only guy that's coming to the rescue is Seth Curry. I, so he has to – he has to leave Philadelphia, right? Like it, he can't be there next year. Did you hear those comments from Doc and Joel, man? Like, yes, they we're not shy about throwing him under the bus. And like, yeah, definitely, he's he's a big reason why they lost this series. But I can't help but point this out, man. Our buddy Doc Rivers, here he is again, blowing another another series where because for me, this the series, I don't want to say the series is over, but like I feel like they lost the series when. Uh, I believe it was game five where they yeah. let the Hawks come back from, you know, down 20 and they came back and, and stole the game from them right at the end. Like, I felt like that was the moment where if the Sixers take care of that game, I mean, this is, it's not going to go to seven. It, they're going to take care of business and close out the series and then go play the Bucks in the conference finals. So who knows what happens if they actually got there just because of the Embiid injury. Um but still, like that was where they lost it, and you know that's another one where you're looking at Doc and you're just like, I don't, I don't understand how this keeps happening to you, man. Like, did you sell your soul for that 08 title, and now he's like you're just cursed and never like get into a conference finals again? Like, what is going on with Doc, man? That's why Tyler sent us the video of like a guy pretending to be Doc in the locker room. Like, this yeah. one's not on me. This one's not like, don't even try to put this one on me because it's not. Uh man, but I mean, it, it's kind of like, yeah, definitely is Simmons like just being so far into his own head that like he's handicapping the entire team by just being literally just a really good defensive player and a good passer. That's all he's bringing to the table now. But if you're Doc, that's like kind of that's your job to like get him out of his head, basically. Like, you got to save players from themselves sometimes. And I don't think Doc, I don't know if like Simmons just wasn't listening. There was uh, some tweets going out last night about his reputation uh, not being a very flattering one. Very, you know, he's basically an asshole to everybody, basically is what his reputation is. So who knows if he actually was paying attention to what Doc was saying or if Doc was saying it at all or if Doc just didn't care because he's like, look, I would much rather not have this guy here. So if he flames out, great. Like, you know, who knows what happened, but it's just, I don't know. I feel like you can't. This can't all be Simmons like that. I feel like he's getting he because of Simmons like this get like Rudy Gobert and the Jazz are getting off scot-free basically for what happened to them in their series. That's true. <laughs> like, that is true. You know, there's there's a lot of other teams out here now that uh, are thankful that, uh, you know, the Blazers and the Mavericks, for example, they had oh, they games are. where their stars came out and the rest of their squad did nothing. And now nobody talks about them anymore so even the nets to an extent dude like yeah you know that game seven had was if if there had been just a plain a plain old game yesterday like a pretty standard game the conversation we would have opened with nets bucks um, oh yeah 
for sure. in this conversation because that's a whole let's we can you can take layers into that one but the mm-hmm. the 76ers one obviously a picture's worth a thousand words and it's the it's the passing of that dunk shot underneath the basket that is just sums everything up it it, it puts it puts the whole thing together I, mm-hmm. sh- congratulations to Joel Embiid for um winning the 2020 summer debate of who would you rat like would you yeah. rather yeah so joel won very clearly yeah. won that very clearly won that yeah my sure. goodness jesus i mean uh, there's the other thing i didn't mention too was uh the disappearance of tobias harris like that was another subplot because i mean even though i'm thinking back to that game i referenced where they ended up blowing that lead where uh, Seth Curry and Joel Embiid are the only two Sixers to record a field goal in yep. the fourth quarter of that game. Like, there's – it just feel like that was such an institutional failure of the Sixers. And it's like – I like I said, I don't know if this is karma for everything that they, they put the NBA fans through during the process years where they're only winning nine games or, or it feels like only nine games a season, but it's like – there's there we were talking about like just that stink or that funk like that something something was there during this series and you know you got to give credit to the hawks for sure um but like we were talking about yesterday that was the exact game you needed trey young to have to beat them in a game seven situation and they couldn't take advantage of it no and okay so i want to continue i want to continue our pie chart i love i love the pie chart blame so we said you said a quarter is Embiid's injury? Mm, yeah. 15% maybe is what you said? I'll go 20. Okay. I, it was pretty significant. Like, he was still there and still, you know, still trying his best, but definitely was not the same guy that we had saw all season. So is Embiid – or not Embiid. Is Simmons two-thirds? Is it – It's pretty sizable. Um, it's got to be more than half. Yeah. How about this? Let me let me phrase it to you this way. Um, replace Simmons. Let's give Maxi more minutes. Mm-hmm. Let's give Thibel more minutes. You were you were you're basically describing Thibel there yeah. when you were saying like Simmons was reduced to being a really good defender or passer. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, yeah. So, but guess which one wasn't scared to shoot it <laughs> right at the basket? You know, like yeah. So, so let's yeah. Give, let's give let's give Maxi and Shake Milton more minutes. How about that? Yeah. And maybe a different outcome. Does the series change? I think it does. Yeah, I I think it does. It, it'd be really interesting to see like what the the back end effect with that of that would be though, just because like it is still an all star player that you're benching for Shake fucking Milton. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, so, yes. You know, there's there's that you got to consider the possible blowback there. But it's like my god, like I don't know. I do think or, I want to give at least like a ten percent of the pie though, to just like the Hawks, just like outplayed them in certain, certain games, certain situations, they're shorthanded. They had no excuse actually like, you know, and B was hurt, but like, you know, the Hawks were legit missing guys. Like guys weren't available because of injuries and they still figured out a way to, to get it done. I have to, of course, apologize to the Atlanta Hawks. Again, yeah. uh, I should have apologized earlier at the start of this podcast. They're, let me know when you want to have the the revisionist history Che Young Luca conversation. Uh, let me know when you want to have it because, <laughs> well, you got to add fun. DeAndre Aiden to that too now. Apparently, Put the, like, I, and 
uh, yeah, as a DeAndre Ayton stand, yeah, put him on there too. Like, yeah, it's boy, no, it's a Luka. great look for Trey, but yeah, <laughs> and a bad week for Luca too. And, Rough week. Oh my, a lot of. Oh, yeah, because that happened after we recorded last year. Yes, right? it did. Because we were saying yeah. we would be surprised if Carlisle was out, but apparently, like, they, everybody was out. They basically just cleaned house and doubtless. He took himself out. He said, yeah. smell you later. He says, I'm off this. And then Brad Stevens, who we thought was going to swoop him up in a heartbeat because the former Celtic, like, yeah. it just made sense. And then, like, now nah, we're going to keep hiring assistants. So. Yeah, who knows where Carl Carlisle probably will take a year off and then come back next year. We'll see what happens. But it's it's a classic playbook. Yeah, yeah, that was uh unexpected. But yes, you're right. Um the Trey Young redemption tour. I feel like him and Devin Booker are kind of in the same boat where a lot of people mm-hmm. said they were empty stack guys. You can't win with these guys. Like, you know, it was all things that uh, we we never necessarily said on this podcast, you know, but we also didn't debunk it necessarily. Like, you know, we weren't really pushing back too hard on it. Um, but we were talking about scapegoats and frauds, but the redemption stories of, um, you know, Devin Booker, uh, Trey Young and Paul George, um, who playoff P, apparently that's a real thing now. Is, <laughs> now, yeah. now the Kawhi is out. Um, three guys I got, definitely got shitted on, and um, people said you can't win with these guys, and they're now you know leading their teams to potentially a finals berth. So, um, so you got to give Trey and the Hawks at least a, a part of that uh blame chart. I do think I got it, I can't let Doc just skate out of here with like nothing. Like, so I'll, I'll give him like a 10%, like, and then whatever's left, we'll we'll throw the rest to, to Ben, I think. Yeah, so that's. A lot for Ben, and that's that, a lot. that might be—is that too much? I nope, might be. Over I don't think reacting. so. I really don't. Hmm. I I'm I'm so aghast by that, and I I honestly think in our scenario, if like go cats, if you give more minutes to Maxi, the Sixers win that series. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, Tyler, we really wanted you to have nice things, but unfortunately, it just, just wasn't wasn't meant to be. Um, you mentioned though that there was another, you know, pivotal game seven that happened in the East uh, with the Bucks in the Nets. So, so we got the Bucks going on to face Atlanta in the next round. But I mean, speaking of guys, I guess on their redemption tour, um, in a sense, man, the Kevin Durant arc of just basically what he's been able to do since coming back from that torn Achilles. I mean, holy shit! Um, can't you really can't say enough about like what he he was able to do, but ultimately the what happens in the nets is what we kind of suspected might happen is that basically they're going to get hurt. And, you know, honestly, that's kind of what we thought might happen with Philly too. Like if Philly doesn't make it is because someone got hurt. Yes. We threw a lot of blame on Ben Simmons, but it's like, I still think even in beat at 95%, you know, they probably still win that series. When we were saying we had upped our, it was up to 40%, the, Oh, the, Nets. the percentage of the yeah. Nets just going Thanos on the league. Mm-hmm. We'd moved it up to 40. That was before um, no Kyrie and Harden. That was like with all three of them at the peak of their powers, like right. doing stuff. And it wasn't, it wasn't James Harden. That was, nah. that was, that was a different guy. That was like a different lefty with a beard. Yeah. Like that was, that was not James Harden. So that, it was really Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant was kind of playing. He was the lone 
super, super duper star. Yep. And is he, so is he the best player? Is he the best player in the world right now? Is that a fair thing to say? I think so. I mean, he probably was he before is. he got hurt. Um, yeah, he probably was. Yeah. I, so I think, I think he is. And just how close he came there. Um, yeah. Someone was, that there's some like modeling shot he took and someone was like Kevin Kevin Durant's long ass feet are there other reason why the Nets are not in the Eastern Conference Finals right now because they were mm. that they were inches they were away right from, 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 yeah. from him doing that and that that would that would have been cool that would have been incredible I was of the like if they if the Nets win that series they win the title is mm-hmm. what I is, is what I said yeah. because Harden wasn't going to suck forever. Nope. Kyrie's going to come back, mm-hmm. and then and, and, and fortunes really changed there. So, yeah. um, I don't do. I don't know. Kyrie's injury looked pretty bad. Like, that yeah, was, that was a pretty bad sprain. So, yeah, I hope he would have came back. And and hamstrings are tricky, but you would have thought Harden would at least be, you know, not invisible, basically not broke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, no, what Kevin Durant was able to do. Um, in those last few games, man, was um, as impressive, yeah, as impressive as, as it could be. And like you said, I think he is probably the best player in the league right now. Yeah, um, I think so. I think it does. It, I don't know if it's like quite, you know, made up for the the goal. And I just threw air quotes onto that because it's like Kevin Durant doesn't have anybody to apologize to uh, no. about being on the Warriors. But, you know, in of the public eye, he kind of made up for a little bit of of that as far as being like now he's got to be the star and you know this is a guy that didn't play for two years basically and almost be a team that was routinely at the top of the the eastern conference so and he's getting guys like drew holiday pj tucker Giannis, but like sporadically like he's getting some like legit guys throwing at him night in and night out and he's uh torching those guys just killing them but i mean it, it we I, I think we were talking about when the playoffs started that it's like the Nets don't necessarily need to win this year. Like they just need to have like a, a strong showing. And and then honestly, the scary part is like what's next year look like? Because conceivably all those guys are going to be healthy and they're going to get a full season actually playing together. Because at the end of the day, they still don't even play that many games a year. They, did they even get the 20 games with that trio? With the trio, it doesn't seem like it, does it? No, like I would take the low on that one, but they, if, even if they got over that, it was like 25 at best, right? Yeah. So, so they're going to have it's a whole still, season. Yeah. It, it It's still a disappointing year for the Nets. I think we had yeah. asked ourselves, like, is this a title? I don't know. Title. I think bust, I disagreed yeah. with you on title or bust. Okay, yeah, that's kind of, that's actually kind of ringing the bell now. I think I maybe, uh, like, with when you assemble the squad like this, I think you almost have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I shoot, man, they're, they're, they're right there that they're Kevin Durant foot away from, from the title. So I, yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. I would, yeah, I would be more inclined to say that like there should be, there should be some feelings of, of disappointment, not like F the world and like mm-hmm. we're doomed, but yeah, the disappointment because we, we know how fragile windows are. Yeah. We, we've learned half of these like these windows of opportunity are so i saw Stephen a had like a list here man and he he had his like i guess order of why the nets didn't work out right uh he had nash kind of high i i don't know 
Oh, I didn't see. I'm I'm more willing to shock. I for me, it's much more of an it was, it was injury. I I don't I yeah. didn't see where Nash um, did them wrong. Um, mm-hmm. It's they're not like the Bucks who are winning despite of Coach Bud and like just really poor mental basketball. It's not there. I feel like the Nets are still taking. They're like I feel like they're running good. At like they're running good offense in the sense that they know how to feed Kevin Durant the ball, yeah. which is great. That that's that's really what offense you need to run there. Um, he had, he had Joe Harris kind of high up, mm-hmm. which I, yeah. Yeah. He did, Joe Harrison shoot that well. And yeah. And you, you needed him. You needed Joe Harris to step up in that situation, given that like you didn't have the Harden wasn't making shots either. So really all these, like, you know, who had a good, Blake had a good series. Yeah. Blake was the second best player. Like, would you, you know, yeah. Reclamation projects. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, where Blake, especially uh, early in the series, where he really put a stamp on it, was just like the the energy and the effort. Like you know, so basically the exact opposite of what Detroit fans were watching for for a yeah. season and a half. A unfortunately, guy. but totally <laughs> different guy. But yeah, um, yeah, it, I put the Nets in the same boat as the Lakers, where if they had had Nagar injured, they would have went to the finals easily, like no contest and. You know that's what makes this next series kind of interesting is that the Hawks are banged up, they're they're missing guys, and you know they they kind of got that like like March Madness kind of like glow around them right now where it's like all right like the they're gonna turn back into a pumpkin like eventually right, um but then I on think the so. other end yeah. on the other end though is the Bucks like what you just said it perfectly they're like winning in spite of their coach <laughs> like in spite of him they're like they are still winning games. So, I, I mean, who do you feel like going – because they haven't played a game yet. Who do you feel like is going to be that team that's going to go to the finals out of that East? I, I don't know how the Hawks stop Giannis. Nah. Collins? He's got to, yeah. He had, like, it guy. has to be Collins. Yeah. Because um, then you could let Danilo and fucking uh, Brooke Lopez just hang out at the three-point line with each other. Yeah. <laughs> Just a lot of standing and shooting. A lot of standing. There's going to be a lot, yeah, lot a lot of threes. A lot of threes. Oh, man. So yeah. let's – I will say – I will say Bucks and six. Yeah, that sounds right because they're going to trick a couple games off. You already know. So, I mean, it's – you got to look at this Atlanta season and, like, I know I was, like, semi-high on them before the year started, but, like, did I think yeah. they'd be in the conference finals? Like, no, of course not. But it's kind of a lot like um like that Blazers run from a few years ago. It kind of reminds yeah. me of that a little bit, whereas, like, there's some a little bit of circumstances that's helping them kind of get there. But at the same time, it's like – um same time, you can't really, like, take it away. Like, we were talking about this is Trey Young's third year. That's it. He's, this is only his third season in the NBA – um, Luca hasn't managed to get his team out of the first round yet. And DeAndre Aiden went from, you know, whispers of bust to now being a super important part of, of that team. Um, and Trey kind of like so far that draft class, like he comes out of this year of, out of his playoffs with the highest upside. Um, Luca hasn't gone down necessarily, but like now you could kind of see where, Atlanta was thinking when they got Trey Young and they're like, okay, this could be a guy that we can actually build around and we can put together a championship team. Um, and then Nate McMillan, man, like you got to give it up to a guy that the Pacers basically quit on 
um, and decided they needed to upgrade and turned out to not be an upgrade at all. And the Hawks benefited from just having this guy come in and, and basically, because if you look at the Hawks, like record and standing prior to Nate getting started with them, they were like third to last in the East. It was dire. It was not good. Yeah. And he was able to turn that around. I mean, yeah. Really incredible, dude. Yeah. I mean, you got to, if you're an Atlanta Hawks fan, you got to be very happy with, uh, with the way the years played out. And, you know, you can't, I don't think you could be disappointed if, you know, you lose to the Bucks in, in a tough series, you know. I saw, just to remind people, still interim head coach, Nate McMillan, which is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> this, that is crazy. Build the man a statue. <laughs> he took the Hawks to the Eastern Conference Finals, or at least just call him the head coach, man. Like, oh my gosh, it's, it's one of the two, man. That's so. How do you, yeah. how, hey, how do you feel about that, real quick? This is um, all four teams very much lacking in historical precedent. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm, yeah. I. It doesn't have. I don't know what like. It, I know ratings are obviously been up for these playoffs, and you've had some really cool game sevens and like. Mm-hmm. So I think I think like for viewership wise, it's been obviously better than last year. But the his, the historical junkie in me kind of likes the fact that it's the we have Bucks, Hawks, mm-hmm. and Suns, Clippers. Ugh. But yeah, wow. <laughs> so I just gotta be a, a Clippers hater, you know. I just, I just gotta do, do be on brand. No, I mean, and you think about it, this is the first. Uh, outside of the Clippers with Kawhi, if Kawhi is able to come back and play, um, that like basically all the star players that are left in in this field have never won a championship before. Absolutely. Um, also, three out of the four teams have black head coaches, which is pretty yes. pretty cool. Um, Very cool. So you know, um, I guess the transition over to the to the West. Uh, speaking mm-hmm. of, of black head coaches, man, Ty Lue somehow out like out. Fox in the jazz with Kawhi being out um, probably one of the most like that was one of those, those moments where you realize like, okay, there's more to Ty Lue than just like he had LeBron James on his team, you know, like he's, he's a guy that the Clippers wanted in that head coaching spot instead of doc. Um, and we said, well, Hey, like a lot of the roster problems are still the same and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, that doesn't matter. Like, like I can't reiterate this enough. They didn't have Kawhi Leonard for two games, right? Uh, two and a half games almost. And they beat the best team in the NBA record wise, at least. Um, we can talk about the jazz being frauds later, but um, God damn dude. Uh, never, you, I just didn't think the Clippers would actually like make it into the conference finals after Kawhi went down basically. And, and Ty Lue and playoff P and Terrence motherfucking man. I was waiting for you to say Terrence Mann. That's the uh, yeah. I mean, just together. because of the amount of spice that the Eastern Conference had here, like we could have easily started with talking about Terrence Mann. Yeah, like there's been a lot to talk about. So the a Terrence well-known Mann's, uh, Gonzaga av- adversary, Terrence Mann. <laughs> mm, his story phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The whole like, did you catch that? The whole like one percent battery story and like yeah. Uh, just uh, correct me if I'm wrong with this. Like he goes, he goes to a tryout, a G league tryout. I want to say it was, um, he's heading back to the airport. He's got 1% on his battery. He's like at the airport, maybe even about to board the flight. And I think he gets a phone call. And it's a random number. And you know, like, I, I mean, 
literally since I've been on the Zoom with you, I've had a random number call me. It's like, I'm not answering random phone numbers, yeah, but like, it's not something we do anymore. No. He decides to answer it. It's the NBA. We want you to come back. Okay. He doesn't board the flight, turns around. In, it's one of those it's one of those stories that you just gotta love and so it's like straight out of a movie yeah. it's straight movie so does it take a story like terrence man to redeem the la clippers eh. no He's like, <laughs> eh. no i refuse i refuse he's, to be on board he's the with savior this. he's the savior of the clippers it's like some like frodo baggins level like unexpected hero type action mm, yeah that's definitely that we could definitely do a hero's journey podcast on the the story of terrace man and i would uh, love to do that nothing that would make me happier to, to do that <laughs> oh man but the clippers though, so beside, hey, to, oh sorry go ahead I'm, I'm just riffing on the clippers still yeah do can we say can we speculate that Paul and Kawhi don't play the best together and it's a one without the other kind of thing? Maybe. Maybe. I think kind of like we talked about this last pod, like the, the Paul George as your point guard situation uh, is actually like that works with him and Kawhi, like, you know, and Paul George is kind of like more in that backseat. But it's like I think if you want the maximum of Paul George, like, he maybe plays a little better without Kawhi. Who knows? Like, um, it just might be because we just haven't really seen it in a, in a few years. You know, we kind of yeah. forgot what it is like when Paul George is the lead guy and not, you know, taking a back seat. I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? I, I, I wonder about them. I, I, I even open up that Florida speculation um, just because, as two as two wings, they're both kind of they're they're similar ish to me, to where I wonder I wonder what that lot like I just kind of like all, not necessarily from a style of play dynamic more so from like a floor dynamic, hmm. like I wonder if I wonder if they're tight. I, I recognize they're like two top. 20 players in the league and that's obviously great to have two top 20 ish players in the league sure yeah uh i just i sometimes puzzle pieces don't fit completely and i wonder if these are just two puzzle pieces that worth it it was worth trying it was really cool maybe like with Kawhi, <laughs> you need to pair him you need to pretend like it's um, like you need to you need to give him a little bit more space to operate. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe with maybe with Kawhi then also like um, you you need to have like I'm trying to replicate like the Toronto Raptors team. Um, I just I'm I'm completely speculating here, and it's entirely possible like Kawhi returns and like they turn into a a, a tandem juggernaut. Yeah. But I also think like there's been enough. There's been enough. We've had over a year of data of them together, like about two years worth of data of them together. Where it's they're good. They're obviously their talent level is good. But like I just wonder from like a mesh a mesh mm. standpoint where it stands up. Pure speculation on my part. Yeah, I mean I think kind of where 
early in the playoffs, we might have saw that. I think more than we we saw it in the second half of the playoffs before Kawhi went out. Obviously, I think some of that is just like the floor. Like basically, the Clippers are doing a, a very similar thing to what the Warriors used to do, which was basically like we're just gonna have a shit ton of wings out there. Like we just fuck a big man. We don't need one out there. We're just gonna get all wings. And I think that opened up the floor for them in a way that like they weren't running like not literally running to each other, but you know, they weren't occupying the same kind of spaces anymore. Um, And if you're talking about like that Toronto team, like that Toronto team had shooting everywhere from every position, Um, the Clippers, obviously they're not going to have, you know, as, as, you know, talented as shooters as that Raptors team did. But I mean, if Reggie Jackson is going to keep playing the way that he's playing, you know, it's like, maybe like, maybe that is it. Um, but yeah, I think Ty Lue just kind of like hit, he hit a point where Doc wouldn't, I don't think, do this, where he was like, I'm going to play my best five guys and figure it out from there. Doc would have stuck to his guns and, you know, kept playing like a Patrick Beverly or something like yes. that. You know, like, yes, he would have. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. So um, that's a great point. Yeah. That, does Terrence Mann happen if Doc Rivers is the coach? No. Absolutely. I, 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 as well said, I agree. doesn't even dress. Like, I don't even know. Ooh, <laughs> right. Like, so, um, so I think that plays a big part of it. Um, as far as like, can they play together? Like, yeah, I think so. I, but I mean, I think the reason why it works though is because like, they know, like they, they have a pretty clear pecking order. It's not like a one, a one B type of situation. Like it's Kawhi and then it's Paul George. And then it's kind of everybody else after that. So it's, yeah, it's not like a stylistic thing or anything like that. I think a lot of times, especially when you're trying to get that chemistry going, it's just like, you know, there's nights, there's just nights where it's like Kawhi doesn't want to have to go out there and shoot 30 times, but it's like, he knows if there's a game that like game seven against the Mavericks where he's like, Hey, I got to take 30 shots. And it's like, I'm going to take 30 shots. And Paul George is the type of guy that's going to be cool with that. Paul George is going to be like, great. Well, I'm going to go get 10 assists and seven rebounds then. And if I got to open three, I'll take it. But so because Paul George used to do that same thing Ben Simmons does um, not definitely not to the same extent, obviously, but there would definitely be like times where you're looking at like his box score and you're just like, you only took seven shots. Like what was, what was going on there, man? So, yeah. So I think he's, I think now that he has a more expanded role, uh, with being like the lead ball handler, I think he just he just feels more engaged in the game and it can just do more for you now. All right, I appreciate you attacking my speculation. That that I, no, I, that that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, it's a fair question. If they would have lost to Dallas in the first round, we probably yeah. would have had a much different <laughs> conversation. Much different, it, much conversation. I. My, my takeaway from that bit, you know, is re- reinforcing the dormant, like, Kawhi can flip a switch mm-hmm. whenever. And then I really I really like your take about um, Ty, Ty Lue being more of a uh, dice roller. That's yeah. um Take some chances. It's, it's the reason why we liked Doc going to Philly was, like, he's an institutionalist and, like, has beliefs in rotation and things that, like, the Sixers didn't have. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for the Clippers, someone like a Ty Lue was maybe more appropriate for them. So maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm going to read a little, uh, 
skeptical about the Ty Luth situation, but mm. yeah, I think if Doc's in that situation, they I don't know if they would have made it past Dallas. So, but no, no but I, I think, think so. the bigger thing to point out too, though, is uh, Utah Jazz are they frauds? <laughs> I don't think they're frauds. What is a fraud? Those, like, can we establish that? Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I agree. I don't think they're necessarily frauds, but they were also the team that I don't think anybody believed in to like make right. a, That's a true. real run. You know what I'm so saying? So I think, how about that? Like, I think we all kind of understood that um, seedings were weird this year. Let's yeah. call it that. Like, and you know, credit to the credit to the Suns as the two seed for like, I looking like, my like my, my pick right now to win the title would be the Suns. Like, like cre- credit credit to them for doing that and, and showing like the two seed because throughout this whole playoffs we've been not afraid or and people overall just not been afraid to say like the seven seed is going to beat the two seed the yeah like the six seed yada yada yada. So I think I think we all kind of understood that and and given that and given the weirdness of the season and whatnot, um, I wouldn't say the Jazz are frauds. I would say maybe they had an inflated record. How about that? Like mm. it, yeah, I don't know if you were a jazz, like the jazz lost in the Eastern conference semis in seven games more often than not. That's a good year for the Utah jazz. I, like that's like sure. a, that's a reasonable trend. Their trend is still in play. For who they are now, now you're gonna you, next year. You got to start talking about making the Western Conference Finals um, mm-hmm. with yeah, with the uh, with that core with your Donovan Mitchell, um, Rudy Gobert core. Your next step then is probably next year. But I wouldn't. I'm not. I'm not tossing away the Jazz season. Yeah, I think that's fair, especially when just looking at the Mike Conley part of it too. Like just right. having Conley for the series. Um, Cause there were moments, man, where the Jazz did look like they like they actually really had it, like figured yes. out. They looked like they were really dialed in. And you know, I guess like if you're a Jazz fan, I guess what are you telling yourself like you guys need the next year, or, or like do you just run it back? Because basically what they did this year was they just ran it back, um, except for they had all their guys actually like fully back, like Bogdanovich. Jordan Clarkson was like really comfortable in his role as six man. Um, Conley was healthy and playing well the whole season. So the idea you could run it back is definitely there, but it's like, it's kind of like what the Blazers are facing right now. It's kind of like, is that, is that enough? Is that good enough to, to really move the needle? You know, especially when you anticipate the Lakers are going to be back, you anticipate the Suns are going to get better. Probably uh, Clippers are going to still be around. Um, you expect the Mavericks to maybe get better, possibly. So basically what I'm trying to say is, like, almost everybody in the West is expected to get better. So it's like, it's, it's just running it back good enough. I think they need another playmaker. Yeah, That I will say. I Like, well, on the one hand, we should not call them frauds. On the other hand, I they need to, they need to escalate a little bit here. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Okay. And I don't really know what that means. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Neither. I was trying to like, I didn't have a follow up for you about like what that missing piece is. I just know a piece is missing. Yeah, exactly. Um, And of course, you know, Twitter's favorite player, Rudy Gobert uh, was kind of 
in the Ben Simmons spot before Ben Simmons decided to just implode in front of everybody. So um, that's a weird one because it's like he's clear, he's what three time defensive player of the year. He he won this year. Um, he's uh, one of the highest paid players on the team, and he's just routinely the scapegoat for them. Like so, I was like, I don't know like how to fix the Rudy Gobert problem if there is one. I don't even know if there is one. That just could be a narrative. Um, and I don't really, I don't really have a follow up question for that, but that's just something that just like came to mind as far as just like this whole jazz situation. Um, and just maybe why we didn't necessarily believe in them. I don't know, but where's the, where's the Donovan Mitchell stock actually after, after this playoff run he was on? Fine. Um, I, I'm laughing because I'm thinking about Shaq. Of course, <laughs> just the <laughs> the running narrative of this, this season of podcasting. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking about Shaq being like, "Hey, Donovan Mitchell, you got to like, okay." Um, no, I didn't like. What what blame does Donovan Mitchell have? I don't. I don't think. None. I was actually. I was. I was kind of thinking the point of uh, the stock had to go up, right? I mean, he's sure. You know what's kind of funny is like when you do look at like the his career so far, he's actually had like a lot of really good playoff games, like forty point plus scoring games. Uh, and so it is kind of like I don't know, it is starting to push back a little bit on can Donovan be your best player? Um, just that notion of it, because I think he can. It's just kind of like I, if. If was if it wasn't the Jazz, I don't know if this makes sense, but if it wasn't the Jazz, if it was like somebody else, like the fucking uh, or I was gonna say Orlando Magic, but I don't know if that's believable either. But like you know, like a different franchise, like I think is more plausible that you can win a title with Donovan Mitchell as your best player. But yeah, definitely, I don't think he got any blame or deserves any blame for what happened to them this year. Um, don't really I don't really know if there's really anybody to blame necessarily. It's probably just missing Conley is probably the biggest part. And Ty Lu just getting so f- crafty and just so creative with his lineups that you know they the Jazz just didn't have enough to to answer that. Yeah, I think that's right. I think in future episodes we might have to think about like what a good piece for the Jazz would be. Yeah. But um because it's, it's it's something. I just don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it is, Utah. I'm not sure, but to piggyback off of your point, though, I mean, or okay, I don't know if the Suns are necessarily the favorite to win the title, but that's the team we want to win the title, right? Oh, it's. I mean, it's mine. Are you yeah. are you with me oh, there? Yeah, for you, sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. I know. Sorry. I said I was going to be the wild hater after they beat the Lakers and stuff like that, but like, I I can't let the Clippers go to the finals, man. That's just not good for my brand. So I got <laughs> I got to be a hater on that one. So is um is. Devin Booker, young Kobe, like has been tossed around on various sports shows where people yell. Is that correct? <laughs> his game is for sure modeled after Kobe. Like, and you you could see that like early in his career, like his rookie year, you could tell he modeled his game after Kobe. Shoots to mid range like Kobe is as fierce a competitor as Kobe. Like, there's a lot of similarities, but it's like let's let's relax on that, man. Like. uh, Devin Booker is pretty fucking special, but like he he's got an opportunity to do his own thing, basically, is what I'm trying to say. 
um, yeah. and getting Phoenix back to the finals, uh, you know, something that not even Steve Nash could do credit granted has had a lot to do with Kobe Bryant and a lot to do with Tim Duncan, but sure. um, yeah, I mean that that's because what there's been since 93 since they've been to the finals. So that would be, that'd be pretty huge. Um, especially if like Chris can't play for, you know, however many more games, which that was probably one of the weirder developments. Uh, I'm kidding. That was a weird day. That was a really weird uh, NBA Twitter day. There was a lot going on. And uh, yeah, Chris Paul all of a sudden uh, being out to the health and safety protocols just kind of seemed like just what happens to Chris Paul. Like there's always just something weird that's going to happen with him that's going to derail a trip to the finals for him. Uh, mm. And just the the irony of that was just like, wow. But, you know, uh, Book took care of business in game one. Um, it would have been interesting to see kind of how that would have played out if Kawhi was healthy and playing. But, like, at the same time, it's like you beat the team that's in front of you. Like, you know, you, you're missing guys. They're missing guys. Everybody's banged up. It's like who could put the ball in the basket. Um, and the point you've been hitting all year, man, is like the Suns just have every piece covered. Every box is checked. It's exactly like the team that you want, especially if DeAndre Aiden is going to be – not necessarily the franchise changing number one overall pick, but just being like, Oh, just a really solid fucking player. Like that's really all you need him to do right now. And he's doing a great job with that. I know Mon- Monty Williams won coach of the year, um, but the James Jones winning exec of the year yeah. was like, to me, that's the most indicative thing because, because of the roster construction, which is just exquisite, just beautiful. I, you you said it. I've said it. Uh, they're balanced. They're deep. They they know exactly what they're doing. Um, even without Chris Paul, they still know what they're doing. That's the, that's just the lingering Chris Paul effect. I like. Um, yeah. I think it was Crowder was pointing out that like Chris Paul's brother was at the game, like barking things out because Chris Paul is probably texting his brother. Yeah, like it's like all, it's stuff. all stuff Chris would say. Yeah, and he's like, that's how funny <laughs> is that? Like I, I just I yeah I've I've loved this. I love the idea of this team in the bubble. I love the idea of this team when they got Chris Paul. I'm choo-choo on the on the Suns bandwagon. Very cool arena. What a loud Suns mm-hmm. arena that was. You know, the Suns gorillas going crazy. It's all it's all awesome stuff. Yeah, you gotta love it. So um, so yeah, it sounds like we want Suns to win the finals. We probably are assuming they're gonna see the Bucks. So probably a Suns Milwaukee showdown. Although Suns ATL would be would be fun too. But uh no, it, it is it is nice just that uh we're gonna get some new faces in the finals, man, especially after a playoffs that's been largely defined by the next generation of stars really showing out. A cool turning point of the NBA and may, and maybe fitting and giving that like, you know, everything else, like we've been talking about um, societally, like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, let's, we're, we're progressing forward out of this thing where it's like NBA wise, maybe, maybe it's, it's a cool thing to have everybody under the age of 26, like mm-hmm. be, be all the, be all these stars. So new faces, new teams, a recalibration, or at the very least, let's take this in while Brooklyn is injured and not Thanos. Before, yeah, they because just scorch Earth. Everybody, it's <laughs> all year. maybe. Let's let's just enjoy this year, and then when the Nets like win over seventy games and like cakewalk through the playoffs, yeah, we'll probably have more gimmick podcasts than just a <laughs> balance in it. So, yeah, exactly. 
but in the meantime, it's been another episode of the Shorts and Goggles podcast, the RJ Liggins and Kevin Reed. My dog has just been going crazy outside my door. I'm about to like fight this. <laughs> Anyways, Shorts and Goggles pod at Shorts Goggles Pod on Instagram. You can listen to us on Spotify, Anchor FM, Breaker, Google Podcasts. We'll be back at some point probably to go over the conference finals and uh anything else that might be going on in the nba i know there's a quite a lot of coaches searches going on uh kemba walker got traded for al horford uh so that was a thing for like a few days so there's probably gonna be a few more of those lotteries tomorrow so anyways i'm sure next time we're on what i plan to talk about in the meantime we out